consoler, spirit of truth, present in all places and filling all things, the treasury of blessings and the giver of life. Come dwell in us, cleanse us of all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back to the podcast. I believe this is episode four. And what is today, Holly? Oh, today is December 1st. Today is the 1st of December, and I am your host, Katie, joined by my good friend, Holly. Hello. And today we have... (laughs) Now we're laughing. And today we have a few topics for you, and they're not from me. Yes. Oh, okay. So the topics today are mostly... it's, It's really just one topic, but can be divided up into three things. Just... Uh... I'm not very good at doing this. Okay, just uh, holidays and Advent and house cleaning and managing families and all of the things that we mothers have to do during this time. Let me start with this. Whenever I go to the grocery stores and I see young moms pushing their carts around, which I actually don't see this as often anymore because I always use Walmart pickup. (laughs) I always want to walk up to those mothers and say, let's talk. Because I've been there, done that. I've been in those situ- I've been there back in the day with my little children, trying to figure out how to manage my already completely full life, and then bring in Christmas. It is hard, intense, and usually what happens is I mean I have a I have a blog post about this because I have a blog, um, scattering agates, link below. <laughs> Good job, Holly. Good job. <laughs> and uh. <clears throat> I I put in I one I wrote an article one time I can't remember what it was called but I remember the moment when I realized things were over the top is when I was throwing pieces of bread at my daughter. You threw pieces of bread at your daughter. <laughs> Guess which one? <clears throat> mm. Yes. So I just I was maxed out. I was so maxed out that all of a sudden bread is flying toward my daughter and um that's that was she was a teenager anyway um. It's hard to maintain a house and and bring in Christmas. There's just so much. And then not only are you trying to keep your house clean, but then you have all this other crap to keep clean and to keep organized too. Your Christmas tree, your wreaths, your decorations, all of that stuff. You already are busy enough trying to keep the house maintained and then you add Christmas to it. It's a lot. And then your kids are nightmare because they're so excited about the presents and about Christmas and about having a break from school and all those things that the kids are just so excited and happy that they never relax. And they're, they're always loud. And then there's always loud things playing on the television and loud music. And I actually find this season to be not very joyful. I'm just going to be honest. It's hard for me. And it has been for many years. So I have advice on how to get through it. Dang. As Holly. a mother... Of 18 years. And just to give you guys a little bit of background information. Yeah, that's probably important. I am 31 years old. I, Katie, am 31 years old and I have six children. The age ranges are 9 to 10 months. Okay? And then Holly is, you're 12 years older than right, me, correct? Right, 43. So she has an, a decade of experience ahead of me in her mothering and <laughs> Her vocation. So the reason why we're having Holly come on here today is because she is way more veteran than me 
<clears throat> as far as dealing with the holidays and having a family. So that's why I'm kind of taking the back seat today. Sort of. Sort of. And I'll ask questions because I actually don't still know how to deal with this myself. Every Advent and uh, Christmas is like this extra thing I have to do. And I, ever since I became a mother, I've been trying to figure out why did Christmas turn into, why did I turn into the Grinch? Uh-huh. In preparing for Christmas and during the Christmas season. So, mm -hmm. I'm ready for your advice, Holly. Yeah, so one of the things that I recommend is turn off the social media. Again, it just comes to that again. All of these perfectly placed pictures of happy families, lighting Advent candles, beautifully done makeup, and beautiful outfits, and the children are dressed gorgeous, and all of those pictures just need to go away, because those are very, those are moments in time, you can't see what's going on behind the scenes, and I would venture to guess that it's not great. Um, the other, let's see, so, um, okay, so the other aspect of Christmas that happens too is I, I find in my family and maybe in yours, I don't know. That was my scary air freshener. Did you guys like that? Did you hear that hiss? That was my air freshener. Um, my husband and I end up fighting a lot during Christmas season too, just because the added stress of the money going out for presents and all of that. Now, I've heard a lot of advice about you know, not buying into the materialistic culture and don't do the commercial Christmas and make sure your Advent is really calm and peaceful. And those are all high lofty ideas and I love them. But when you have a husband who doesn't agree and who who continues to go down that path of commercial Christmas, like Charlie Brown called it, um, mm. well, I had to adjust and just accept the fact that we were going to spend more money than I want to spend on stupid presents that also clutter up the house. Um, and, um, and, and I always had, you know, great plans of, um, cleaning out the house before Christmas so that there's room for the new presents, all of that stuff. I pretty much fail at every year. So my advice is not about, is not going to be about that kind of stuff. Although if you can get that done, good for you. Good for me. Yes, I have, I struggle with that. So my first advice is. There is going to be stress. Be ready for it. Don't make your mind in this high ideal of expecting it to be something wonderful because it won't be. So are you trying to say, Holly, that <laughs> you need to set your expectations accordingly for Christmas and accept the reality that is probably just going to ensue? And that way you don't set yourself up for disappointment yes. and resentment because that's been my personal experience since becoming a mother. I have all these grand ideas of the presents I'm going to get my children, how the family's going to interact, and then interacting with um, outside family members out of our house and going over to people's houses and even mass, which mass we're going to go to and everything. And it's just, it explodes every year in my face. Someone is disappointed. I'm mad. Something happened with the baking. The decorations are a mess. Or if you have my children, they just keep playing with the Christmas tree because it's the new toy. Exactly. You just need to lower your expectations and enjoy what's happening in that moment. And that, and I, I always thought there's, uh, just, we've been talking lately, Katie and I have about living in the present moment and just allowing these little moments to happen and not 
be expecting something great or wonderful. Just, ex just accept, instead of expecting, accept what's happening. Well, so you're saying instead of having an expectation, you have you should have an acceptation. Yes. An acceptation. Accept. Then a acceptation. With not ex expectation. Not expectation. Acceptation. Acceptation. This is a new word <laughs> that we will put in our desert mantle vocabulary. Having the acceptation with an A. Acceptation. Yes. That could become a t-shirt if y'all want one. <laughs> Please let us know. The acceptation of how Jesus is going to show up for Christmas. And you know, I've had that thought in the past. I have it every Christmas, every mass, every Christmas mass I go to. And we start talking about the Christmas story. And I think Jesus came to us in a chaotic mess. We try to idealize the cave and the stable, but there were cows. There were, there, it was, um, the, the town was so full of people. They couldn't find a place. They couldn't find a place to stay except for with the cows. Mary had a baby and put him on straw. That's not clean. It's messy and dirty and not an idyllic situation. So what I find interesting about that is that the purest of pure, we have the we have the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Theotokos God bearer, and then we have the Son of God himself becomes incarnate in a mess. Like we have the mo the yeah. uh, the all the uncontainable undefinable mo undefinable most pure beings yes. come and they enter into what is absolutely not pure and absolutely not beautiful and absolutely not um ordered that right there i mean my mind just exploded well and you can you, so you can put that into your own family which is if your family is perfectly orderly and nice and clean <clears throat> there's something wrong Families are not like that. If you're trying to control your family like that, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Whoa. I, I think you have to just allow it to be what it is. Now, I'm not saying that we cannot train up our children to do what's right. We still need to train them in habits of virtue and all of that. We don't give up, but we also have to just let it be what it is and not, and not strive for this perfect. That's never going to happen. So you're, if I, I'm just trying to kind of That's decompress right. this in my own mind yeah. or my own heart, I guess. And so what I'm hearing you say is you need to <clears throat> have, try to have a posture of receptivity and like you said, ac accept acceptation, 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 <laughs> expectation of God, that God will come accepting how he decides to come for Christmas. And the way that we would do that, we would mirror the, we would mirror the Holy Family by, um, not getting so uptight about all the details and trying to stay present so that we don't miss it. Because I find since mm -hmm. I became a mother, I have become a madre, a matron. Is that correct? Or is matron like your mother-in-law? Maybe someday I'll be a matron. <laughs> I, I'm aspiring to be a matron. So, a matriarch. A matriarch. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. This is a matriarchical podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> Not to be confused with anti-patriarchical, but I digress. So back to the stable. My yeah. home, accepting that my home is imperfect. It is like the cave. My soul is a 
is a mess exactly. and God is still coming, coming. And that's the miracle. Like that's that the... is the miracle. Oh, man. That is. And you know, think about, think about Mary. Joseph didn't make reservations. He didn't get everything all prepared for Mary. Like, no. have everything lined up for like when she gave birth no, and, I mean, and had all the food and the perfect music and no, no, mm. and and they get yeah. So and yet, how did she act? We don't know for sure, but I imagine she just peacefully went from one moment to the next, trusting in God's providence, even as everything around her seemed to be falling apart. Here she is having. The savior of the world, and she ends up in a stable. Whoa. But she didn't complain. At least I, don't, I doubt she did. She didn't. Probably not. Because she's So accepting perfect. these moments as they come to you and expecting things to fall apart. Ooh. Children especially, but husbands too and wives. We fall apart under all this stress. And this year we have even more stress because we've got the dumb virus yes we have the virus is affecting people and health okay holly so when you were describing um how to set your acceptation for christmas something that was interesting to me was you kept talking about being present so i think we should talk about that now because i suck at it yes <laughs> so i think we all suck at it but it's something to practice so um, first of all, I used to say this, and I think it, it, it ties into the present moment. What I remember, I was a really specific example, when we were traveling to visit my, um, my aunt and my, and one of my babies, it must have been Eli, was little, and he had diapers to change and, and feedings and all of that, and we're driving this long way and had this little baby, and it's stressful. And I just kept praying for God's perfect timing. And every single time it was like perfect, we would stop and then he needed his diaper changed or whatever. Everything just worked out perfectly because, and I, I knew it was, well, I realized it was because I was just trusting in God, preparing the moments ahead of me, ahead of where we were going. And so I just kept praying um, for God's perfect timing, God's perfect timing, God's perfect timing. And I have practiced that ever since because it, Especially when things start to feel really stressful and crazy. I just remember, I try to remember to trust in God's perfect timing. And then things work out. They really do. It's amazing what he can do. He can slow down time. He can speed up things. He can make it work so that it, it so that transitions become more peaceful. And, um, and when, and then when you are praying for God's perfect timing, then coupled with that is to, to be in that present moment. So um this is simple to talk about harder to do but being in the present moment means things like noticing when your son is needing a hug rather than moving on to the next project that you have to get done um um I'm reading a book right now, actually listening to it. Um, it's called Abandonment to Divine Providence. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Also another name for it is Sacrament of the Present Moment. I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and the present moment is basically 
the where God is. So he is not in the past. He's not in the future. He's right here where you are. So doing the next holiest thing is what my job is. The next choice is for me to do what's the right, what's the right thing. I'm not explaining this well. No, it's fine. I think I understand what you're trying to say, but well, you gosh, that grates well on me. The reason why I, if I, as I, you were speaking, I was thinking about how um, being present is just part of trusting in God's perfect timing. Because mm-hmm. if you actually trust that God's timing is perfect, you're going to let go of control. So right. if you're not in, and when you're trying to control, you're not in the present moment. It's like those two things always, pretty much always go together. Let me talk, let me try to flush this out some more. So let's see if we can think of an example. We're getting ready for church. This is a transition period. I struggle very much with transitions. I always have because I feel a lot of anxiety over them. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows exactly why that is? I'll just let God tell me. Mm-hmm. But let's say we're getting ready for mass and we can't find someone's shoes. <laughs> I'm sure that's very common. Or ooh, socks. Ooh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Say what you've done. That's so great to organize your church stuff. Oh, I put all the church clothes in one bin and then I just get the bin out and everyone knows that that's what they wear to church. They have options in there and like that's it. Like we're not the looking. shoes are there. Yeah. Everything's there. That's such a great idea. Anyway. I, Actually, you're reminding me that I need to go through it again because my children have grown and need replacement church shoes. Yeah. Because they've been wearing sandals to church. Yeah. It's getting cold. It happens. So let's say you're getting ready for mass and someone cannot find their shoes. Mm-hmm. And that my immediate response when I am not slowed down and I am not present is thinking, this is a catastrophe. If I don't find these shoes, we're going to be late for mass. Or we're not going to have the right shoes. And then I could think then people are going to think I'm weird. They probably already do. And if I'm trying to impress people, I already have the wrong intentions. So there you go. <laughs> um, also, uh, my, my brain just starts to speed up. And I think this is a problem that must be solved. And I, I'm going to emphasize, I must solve it. Hmm. Only me. Mm-hmm. Me, me, me. Do you ever say prayers in those moments? Uh, When I'm paying attention, Mm -hmm. then yes. So I am not present. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, anything that's getting in the way of my mission or perceived mission of finding the shoes becomes an irritant to me. Mm -hmm. So if someone starts to cry because they're nervous because they see, um, one of my children sees that I am in a stress mode trying to solve a problem they're thinking i must restore my mother's happiness and my happiness is dependent upon finding these shoes and i can't find them so what do they do they cry mm-hmm. and what do i do that's in the way of me finding the shoes so mm-hmm. what do i do i try to control however that means snapping at them telling them things i shouldn't say um saying things that are demeaning and I've, i'll be frank i've totally done all those things mm-hmm. so it's impossible to be present and trust in God's perfect timing. Whereas when that happens and I actually go, oh, this is not an emergency. This is not a problem that I have to solve. God knows I want to go to mass. Mm-hmm. I am already making the effort. Mm-hmm. If we don't find the shoes, we'll wear something else. 
We will figure it out. I'll even carry my daughter into church. I've told my kids things like, maybe we left late today because somebody, you know, maybe it prevented an accident. Or maybe there are things that maybe these little things happen in order for God's timing to work his the way he needs it to. And we just need to trust that that he, that he's um, he's got this under his control. And so what if you're a little bit late? Boy, my family does not like to hear that, but it does not hurt anybody to be a little bit late sometimes. Right. So I have found in my experience, because I tend to want to definitely be in control of time. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal mm-hmm. for me. Um, for other people, maybe it's money, mm-hmm. time and money, mm-hmm. right? Those resources. Germs. Some people like to try to control germs. germs. For me, it's time. Yeah. Um, and so I tend to be incredibly self-centered with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this definitely is comes out in my parenting. And uh, when it comes to time, I... Am very often not present in the in the in the minute that mm-hmm. is now. Um, so, this sounds a little bit like philosophical and abstract, but I kind of like to stretch it out and then come back in to that's, that's... a micro real situation. So macro, abstract idea, zoom back into the micro, my everyday life. Yeah. So. So for me. Um. I've had to really practice slowing down, like literally slowing down. If I get up in the morning for mm-hmm. mass and I go slowly, mm-hmm. everything is different. I, I It's very interesting. Um, I speak much more kindly to my children and husband mm-hmm. because I'm telling my body, you are not in a state of emergency. Mm-hmm. You are here with God. That reminds me of one time I was reflecting on the resurrection and I was thinking there is in the scripture, it talks about how Jesus rolled up the headpiece and set it aside, you know, in the tomb. Oh, that's right. And I thought, you know, he had, he had a lot to do. He, he was resurrected. He probably, I can imagine that he probably wanted to run to his friends and let him know what happened. And he had, you know, there was all this training to do and all this stuff to do. And yet he took the time to roll up the headpiece. I do not think Jesus was in a hurry, ever. He walked with purpose, but he was not in a hurry. And and when you slow down and you're not in a hurry, you're better able to recognize when one of your children just needs a pat on the head or needs to talk about things or wants to tell you a joke. And you can be present to those relationships that are important. And that, and then... Those moments that you give to your children are like putting, speaking of money, putting deposits of love into them. Mm -hmm. I agree. And they need that. They need that love for later on in life when they start their own families and they move on. And then they have all these deposits of love from their parents and all those present moments that you gave to them. Oh, makes me want to cry. It's sweet to think about giving your kids. Yeah, it totally is. And and don't let this holiday tinsel and craziness take away from those moments that are so important. And if you don't get everything done this year, it's okay. Next year's always next year. Believe me, Christmas comes every year. I remember this one time my mom was like, well, it's August. And she said, oh, no. I'm like, what? 
that means Christmas is only what three months away, four months away. Mm -hmm. She was dreading Christmas in August. Okay, so this is so funny because I do this sort of thing in yeah. my marriage, and it's really sucked the life out of my husband. Like, mm -hmm. I need to go to confession for it. No joke. Um, Where we're about to go do something or go to an event, and I dread it. And mm -hmm. I spend all my energy... Dreading. Dreading, even though I have no idea what's going to happen because I'm not actually in that moment yet. I'm in oh, this yeah, moment. Oh, yeah, see? That's, that's living in the future. So... to live in this moment. Interesting. So another thing that is, this is making me think of is um, how the present moment is actually like the field that you buy and you sell everything you have to find the pearl or the treasure. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in the present moment, you have you are setting everything else aside for that one thing. Mm -hmm. And you don't exactly know what it's what's going to be under the earth. But you know that what you want is there. So you really, a lot of times people tell you to do all or nothing. And this is the case where I think it actually applies. You want to go all in. To the present moment. To the present moment. Because that is where reality is. And that is where you will find your fulfillment. Because you will actually be with God. Somebody I heard the other day said that the present moment is, is cl the closest you get to eternity. Do you know that? Ooh. I don't, but there's also a saint uh -huh. who said, who talks about, St. Francis de Sales actually, mm -hmm. who talks about the, the one quote that's always stuck with me besides a few others, but this one before I really knew anything about him, was that you should not be doing anything in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and think maybe there's something to that. I think so. Um, also, the other thought I'm having, I'm not having all these thoughts. Yeah, is <clears throat> uh, they say that we're we're here on a pilgrimage and we're practicing or training for the end goal, which is heaven. So we're practicing being in heaven now. Okay, I'm not talking about that everything is perfect now. No, but we're preparing ourselves. Right. So, um. If you are constantly practicing not being in the presence of God, mm -hmm. oh my, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. oh gosh, that's right. Oh my uh -huh. gosh, I do you guys <laughs> do you audience see what I'm trying to get at? If you constantly live your life not present to God, how are you going to be present with Him in all eternity if yeah. you're not doing it now? Yeah. So what He does is at the end of your life, He knocks you flat in a hospital bed so that you will just be present because you got to learn how. Before oh. you can get to heaven. I know because I'm watching people in my family right now. <laughs> yeah, that whole being knocked down in a bed is a great. Yeah. Great. Sometimes because of glimpses. Ouchie boom boom for that. So yeah. So if present you moment. need any mo more motivation to be in the present moment, the reality is, is if you are not present now, it's going to be very painful to learn how to be present later if you actually decide this is what you want. And again, I'll just go back to, to Mary. Think of her, everything that she did. She accepted everything as it came to her from God, including standing at the foot of the cross. It was an ex acceptation, a life of ac acceptation. Dang. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I have one more thing to talk about. I thought I could just talk a little bit about... Um, Advent traditions. Oh, go. Shoot. Okay, so I'll just tell you some things that I have done that I have liked. I am not 
cons I've been fairly consistent actually, but I, um, which is unusual for myself, but my husband, once I start something, he wants me to keep it up. So I've kept up things. So one of the mm -hmm. things that I've kept up every year since the first year we were married was a Christmas letter. Now, some years I don't get it sent out, but I still write it. Oh, dang. Well, I love to write. So anyway, that, so now I have this folder full. Let's see, this is going to be our 19th year. I have 19 letters. That's so cool. From every year. And I keep a Chris, our Christmas picture with each letter too. So you can kind of see how we've grown up. And so every year we can flip through. And some, some years it's just kind of like bullet points because I just didn't get to it. Other years it's really special. I did a good job. But this year is probably going to be a bullet point letter. Um, anyway, it's just kind of track what we've done every year and how we're doing and where we are. So I love that tradition that I've done. And I love Christmas cards, but nobody's sending them anymore. I'm like the only person. I get very few, and most of them are just Christmas pictures of their families, which, okay, this is this annoys me. <laughs> if you're going to send a picture in the mail to somebody, don't put it on Facebook. Oh, right, because it's like I could just see it on Facebook and cheapens it. Are you saying yeah, it cheapens the it. value yeah. of What's the, the gesture? Great picture, now it's on Facebook, too. And uh -oh. a lot of times people send me cards and don't even write anything. They just send this card in the mail with a picture of their family, which I love to see my friends and their families, but a little note might be nice. <laughs> but it takes time. I'm getting the vibe, Holly, that you appreciate <laughs> the personalness of Christmas. I do. And the Christmas, yes, I'm, I like that. So then the other thing is always your Advent prayer. We have an Advent wreath. Um, it's changed every year. I cannot seem to find the perfect way to do it. So I've had many different ways. I, I, growing up, we always had our Advent wreath on the table. Me um, too. And I don't like that. I don't either. And I think the same reason. It's just too cluttery. So I put my Advent wreath in our, our prayer corner, and then I bring it out and put it in the center of the living room when we say our prayers that for the night before bed. Cool. We always sing O Come, Come, Emmanuel. Really? Yeah. Dang, that's awesome. And we we'll light the candle and sing O Come, Come, Emmanuel and do a little Advent prayer. This year, I bought a new Jesse Tree um, booklet, and I really like it. So we're kind of going through the Jesse Tree. It's always good to go through those those early stories, the stories of salvation. It's kind of this time to do it. I wait. We wait until I try to wait until the 13th, the Feast of St. Lucy, to put up Christmas lights, Christmas tree and all the Christmas decorations. So why would you wait until the Feast of St. Lucy to do that? Well, cause it's the middle of December. It's and we're getting close to the middle and it's her feast day. We don't really celebrate her necessarily. Wait, but do you know what her name means? Yeah. Oh, light. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, name means, like... her name means light. That's so cool. And it's a yeah, so that's kind of over in Europe. They have big St. Lucy festivals and lots really? of lights. Really? Yeah, it's a big feast day over there. So we kind of try to wait. It depends on the husband's schedule. Um just so that we're not completely participating in the cultural Christmas. And then, um, and I try, I bring out my Advent decorations now. So I'll bring out my, my um, nativity scene, but I leave the baby Jesus out. I do have this, I made, I did this and I love this idea. I have a string of lights and it's all strung together, white, pink, and purple. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> And oh, I so plug cool. in the purple during the purple weeks, and I plug in the pink during the pink, and then the white at Christmas. And then so from Christmas until Epiphany, we, we leave all the Christmas decorations up, and I start to slowly take things away. 
So if I my Christmas decoration comes very slowly. Things kind of progress until Christmas Day. I don't hear her taking notes because <laughs> I just like crash in and out of Christmas. So, which partly that may be because I've been childbearing. And that's yes. Like, You're that's like a crash in and out experience. Yeah. Well, for me, it has been. Yeah. But now I'm taking notes because that season is over. So, yes. dang. So I have a um, purple, I have purple green, purple and green table, uh, cloths that I put on my tables. So in Advent, I have my purple up. And then at Christmas, I change it to white. What about Lent? Sorry, I know Lent we're in Advent. purple. Okay, Yeah, cool. so I bring out my purple again for Lent. Um, and then I put my white out for Christmas. And so everything kind of changes at when Christmas comes. So where do you get these tablecloths? I need to find some tablecloths that are long enough for my giant family table. Um, I I got mine at Fred Meyer when I lived in Dang, Newport. I need to look at that. That would be cool. I could help you find something maybe. they. I'm sure Amazon has it. Amazon. We love and hate Amazon. We love and hate Amazon. Yeah, so I wait for the lights. Let's see. Um, I would, uh, Santa. We do Santa in our family. Uh, when I grew up, I had Santa. And the way we did Santa was we, my mom or parents would, or excuse me, Santa would put out the Santa gift, but not wrapped. And it would come, we would open presents on Christmas Eve. And then the Santa gift would come on Christmas Day, unwrapped a bigger present. So that's what we've done with our kids. And I don't even remember the moment realizing that Santa was maybe not going to come anymore. Just in case children are listening. <laughs> Whoa. So I don't remember the moment at all. It wasn't a big deal. Well, if you know anything about me, mine was a debate. I debated people. At school? At school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and because I am a stout devotee, I mm -hmm. defended, I was the, uh, what do you call that? The four side? The the side of the debate that's for oh okay right the thing yeah pro i was pro. the pro side mm -hmm. and it was really difficult to discover reality it was very <laughs> painful for my little thinking mind of 10 year old katie yes i made it to 10 be my husband was sixth grader before he realized yeah i was yeah i was just under his age oh, right right yeah and it's i was the oldest child man when i believe something you really have to hit me for me not to believe it anymore which is yeah so santa is also a thing at my house um but the kids know at our house how that is so um this year i am thinking about doing the shoe thing because oh yeah i, do, we do that. I think it would be a nice like in the middle of advent kind of a fun thing okay that reminds me i forgot about that that's what i do too every year when saint nicholas comes he brings everybody an ornament well, that is cool. And then when the time, they all, all the kids know, I try to label them, um, but they all know what their, whose ornament is whose. And then when they eventually move on to their own life, they'll have a box full of ornaments to take with them. Super. Yeah. So I did that. All right, well, we, we have way too many ornaments right now, though. I don't have enough, but there's my baby timer. If y'all can't hear my baby, yeah. it's time for my baby's nap. So well, we could probably sign off. We're going to sign off now, and we're going to pray for you during this Advent. We hope you pray for us. Um, until next time, this was Holly and Katie. Katie and Holly with the Desert Mantle. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Bye.